And now, our feature presentation. Round two, fight! Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the Cinema Shot Podcast. I am your host, Ben, a.k.a. The Marvelous Siggy. And joining me is the man who will destroy Earth in six days, Tyler! Earth is under attack, and it is glorious! Love it. So, now... It's time for the third er- episode of this era of Cinema Shot, and um, now after talking the successful Mortal Kombat 1985 film, uh, let's briefly talk about how Mortal Kombat was basically on fire at this point with, like, around the world, right? Yeah, Mortal Kombat was pretty much at the height of its popularity in the mid-90s. Um, around when the movie came out, that's when Mortal Kombat 3 came out, and this movie did gangbusters, not just for the general... Um, not so much the general audience, it did kind of review, kind of meh, but a whole bunch of kids that were fans of Mortal Kombat loved this movie, and it was a hit. So naturally, the folks over at uh, New Line Cinema decided, let's rake in more of that Mortal Kombat cash and make a sequel to this film in the span of not two just years. A, not just a sequel, but we also got an animated series, we got a live action television show... Um, like, they were, uh, actually, I recommend everybody to go watch Mac Men Muscle's, uh, What Happened on Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Yes. It's actually really good. We, we won't be discussing any of that stuff, we're going to bring some of it up, um, most of the film, but it's really good, like, behind the scenes, look at it. But, more, they were trying to recreate, like, basically, like, the MCU for the MCU, when you think about it, where, like, we're going to make this integrated thing across media, stuff like that. Um, don't watch the Mortal Kombat cartoon, just... Just don't. Combat Just... time. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know, and Tarkatans have planes. Anyways, <laughs> um, I, can't, I can't tell what's worse, the G.I. Joe one or the, or the Street Fighter one. Um, the answer is neither, because Darkstalkers is the worst. Um, so, now we have 1997 Mortal Kombat. Actually, Mortal Kombat 4 comes out in 1997, which is crazy, because that actually brings up why a certain character's in this. Yeah. Um... Unfortunately, uh, 97 was kind of the start of Mortal Kombat's decline the, in popularity. And as you said before, right. that's when uh, 4 came out. Uh, you know what else right. came out in 1997? A little what? indie game you might have heard of called Tekken 3. Ooh. It's not a good idea to put... A neat, yeah. So, and it's crazy, because Mortal Kombat was right up there with Street Fighter in 92. I think Mortal Kombat came out in 92 or 93? It was 92. I think it was 90, 90, 92. Okay, yeah, because it's, it's the same age as my brother. Um, and, uh, and like, from 92 to 90, roughly 96, uh, and even into 97 a little bit, like, Mortal Kombat was, like, the thing. Like, people love Mortal Kombat, or, like, at least Americans did. Um, and, and so much so, just like with Street Fighter, it became part of just lexicon. It's just, like, you know what, fatality, you know what all these things are. Um, and so, like Tyler said, they decided to greenlit a movie two years in, uh, and I, what is your nostalgia? Do you have any nostalgia for this movie, Tyler? I hadn't seen this movie, uh, over ten years, uh, since it came out. Um, I remember back in high school, and I think I told the story about the video game club that we would have, uh, every Friday, uh, at my high school. Um, we would occasionally put on movies, whether it be, like, any of the Bleach animated movies, uh, Advent Children, and we also caught the first Mortal Kombat movie there, and I was like, oh yeah, I remember that film, that was awesome, and back in the Wild West days of YouTube, where everyone was putting full episodes of TV shows and movies on there without getting the fear of DMCAs, I caught this movie because I had just found out about it. And holy shit, Annihilation is not a good movie, like, at all, but it's a goddamn entertaining one, and we'll go more in-depth into it, but that's just my stance on it. It is one of my guilty pleasures, for sure. So, for me, this was, I actually liked this, as a kid, I liked this movie a lot more than the original. Because uh, I have more fights, it had more characters. I was seven years old when this is out. You know, I remember forcing my aunt, uh, may God rest her soul, to take me to go see this. And I remember one time we went so late that we only caught like the last 20 minutes. And I know she probably wasn't happy about that. But 
Um, I, I love this movie, and then the older I got, the real you start to see the cracks. But even now, as I was rewatching it, um, and I say that term loosely because I wasn't really paying attention, but like I've seen this movie so many times, like I fucking know it. Um, it's like I just something that's just it's not it's not good. Okay, let's just put it out there. It's not good. Not at all. But there's a certain level of it's like it, I would put it on the same level as the Street Fighter uh, movie. Um, uh, that 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 it's right on that same level, but with a little bit more fan service and a little bit uh, serving the franchise, just a little bit better, For just sure. a little bit, just a bit. Um, so let's go ahead and break it down before we break it down. This was directed by John R. Leonetti with a screenplay by Brent V. Friedman and Bryce Zabel. Story by Lawrence Kasanoff, Joshua Wexler, and John Tobias. Well, I don't know John Tobias wrote the story. Yeah, that explains a Based lot. On, yeah. Based on Mortal Kombat by Ed Boon and John Tobias. Uh, and of course, we'll get... And this is released November 21st, 1987. Hey, kids, we just had Thanksgiving dinner. Let's go see Mortal Kombat Annihilation. For sure. With a runtime of 95 minutes, so about 30 minutes cut from the pre from the previous movie. Uh, with a budget of $30 million and only with a box office of $51.3 million. Um, who knows if that's like after everything like that. So let's... Let's talk about the cast, because the cast is a huge, huge, huge thing. Um, although it does not list some of the changes, so if you could bring up like some of the characters you changed, Tyler. Oh, no, 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 it, it does. Okay. Robin Shu returns as Liu Kang, Talisa Soto as Katana. Uh, James Rebar is now Raiden. Sandra Hess is now Sonya Blade. Lynn Red Williams as is Jax. Brian Thompson is Shao Kahn. Rainer shown as Shinnok. Yes, I said that right. Shinnok. Yep. Uh, Musetta Vander as Sindel. Irina Pat... Uh, I apologize for putting your name, ma'am. Patevea as Jade. Deron McBee as Motaro. Majiran Holden as Shiva. Lightfoot as Nightwolf, who we'll talk about later. That's what I was going to say. This is my animality. Um, <laughs> I was like, fuck. Uh, Chris Conrad as Johnny Cage. Maybe you could just put the audio in at the beginning. <laughs> um, J.J. Perry as both Cyrex, Scorpion, Noob, Cybot, and of course Ed Boon is actually the voice of Scorpion in this. Is they actually listen to this Tyrone. Nice. Yeah, Tyrone Wiggins. I, that name sounds familiar to me. Tyrone Wiggins is Rain. Dennis Kiefer as Baraka. Really Sui as Smoke. Keith Cook as Sub-Zero. And Dana He as Melina. So we got a whole bunch of characters. Uh, in this in this movie, it's almost like like I said, very similar to Street Fighter '94. Like you got to get all these fucking characters in now. Yep, uh, doesn't even have to be any rhyme or reason. They can have like a single scene, and you know, just fuck it. We barely made a bunch li- of movie. We bunch of mo- made money I from d- the last movie. Let's just throw everything in. I skipped a dude. John Medlin is Ermac. I forgot about that. Um, I, I think I skipped over his name. I think I went from Chris Conrad to J.J. Perry. So you did, yeah. Gotta get Ermac in there. So, um, yeah, this has a lot of characters in it. I will say there are two uncredited winks to characters not in the, in the movie, um, as we're kind of jumping ahead a bit. But there's a moment where um, Shao Kahn is like, how is, how is the soul harvesting going, lads? And I think it's Rain who says... Uh, two of best Earth best warriors have been already been captured, Cabal and Striker. That's all he says, and like it's like, oh my god, it's Cabal. I remember like freaking like, oh my god, he said Cabal and Striker. Are we gonna see them? No, but they said them. <laughs> At least they acknowledged them. Yeah, true, true, true. Um, so what's the story here? Uh, we'll be covering pretty much the base plot, then we'll talk. We'll branch off from there. So pretty much, the base plot is they defeated Shang Tsung. They seemingly stop Outworld from invading uh, Earthrealm. All is good until the next Mortal Kombat tournament, right? In which case... Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. Does this mean Outworld has to win 10 more consecutive? I would now? assume so. Because, like, they couldn't just win the next one. Like, aha, uh-huh, we won this one. No, that'd be bullshit. Like, you gotta win in a row. Um, also, does this mean if we win 10 in a row, do we conquer Outworld? That's a Why good haven't question. we done that? Um, but Shao Kahn is like... Not well. Shao Kahn and his father, just to get that out of the way, Shinnok have a plan, and they pretty much, as we saw at the end of the first movie, invade Earthrealm with all sorts of ninjas and very bad CGI. Uh, yes. Very, very, very bad. Um, and pretty much, Shao Kahn has, shows up, 
and very very where do you, I guess they this is must have, this is what happens if the Mortal Kombat games had a slightly higher budget. Um, and he pretty much makes a proclamation like the Earth was born in six days, so too it shall be destroyed. Uh, and on and on the seventh day, mankind will rest in peace. I love that line. I'm sorry, nice. it's so cheesy, but I love it. Um, and so out of nowhere, of course, Raiden immediately starts throwing hands at Shao Kahn, and I find it interesting because, like, as you and I both know, Shao Kahn is a fucking bitch in those old Mortal Kombat games. He is like, I'm gonna hurt you. I'm gonna hurt you hard. Um, he will taunt he you almost... in the middle of a fight and still kick your ass. Yeah, and he and and so Raiden and him have a fight, and Raiden's actually whooping his ass for most of the fight. Yeah, that's kind of surprising, honestly. Yeah, we do get a shoulder charge, although it's more like if you look at it, it's more of like a shove than like a shoulder charge. Just I'm like, come on, guys, and all I'm they push did was, you. Uh, and I'm, and they put this shitty green. Act. Hey, you know what? Effort, right? They didn't have to put the shitty green uh, aura effect, but they did because you know they know. Um, uh, Street Fighter wouldn't have done that the movie at least and pretty much Shao Kahn knows he's getting his ass whooped by Raiden uh, Raiden still has his powers and he captures Sonya with the power of a whip um, like that upper body strength yo and pretty much gives an ultimate to Raiden hey you like humans so much will you, you know, would you sacrifice your life for one of them and of course Raiden's like yeah dude I love them that's what I do man that's what I do uh, and um, unbeknownst to him, unbeknownst to him, uh, Johnny Cage gets really pissed up. This is not Lyndon V. Ashley, as I said. This is a new guy, Chris Conrad, because Lyndon V. Ashley read the script for this. And is like, you know what? I'm out. I'm out. I don't. I don't need to do this. Good I don't know man. if in the original. Yeah, I don't actually know if in the original script he was going to get killed off so easily, or if he was going to like. Uh, for Jax, because that's the only reason I believe they, they would have killed off Johnny Cage, because well, we got Jax. Um, I think the explanation for this uh, is they're basing this more or less off of the plot of Mortal Kombat 3. And in the beginning of that game story, Johnny Cage is murdered uh, off screen. So Right, that's why he's in not in the game. That, that would make sense. True. So Johnny Cage does his shadow kick, which is cool. Actually, does look pretty cool. Unfortunately, to prove how much of a boss Shao Kahn actually is, he swats Johnny Cage out like a fly, like a fly grabs him by the neck, and then he gives Raiden the ultimatum. It's like you know, and Raiden, like a gobble fuck that he is, uh, walks towards him, um, and he snaps Johnny Cage's neck. And Johnny Cage is a fact. That's that's. I guess that's your that's your poor man's attempt of like, oh shit, anything can happen now. One of our main characters, which if it was the same actor, it would actually mean something. But because even as a kid, I knew this is that's not the same guy. That's yeah, not it's the same it's, guy. It's not the same. Yeah, and he doesn't even talk. Uh, he, I think he has one line. I don't even remember what it is, but he has like one line. I think uh, it's oh, along the lines of I got the bad feeling about this or something. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he goes, this is not good. I'm like, that's not. That's not Johnny Cage. So yeah, John, and it actually, what I I still think this is cool. So uh, a fucking like hand mo- uh, monument comes out of the ground and lifts his corpse up. I actually thought that was pretty fucking metal. I'm like, yeah. okay, that's pretty cool. And then you have this cool techno music blaring. So now it's pretty much a race. So now it's a, it's like basically a Majora's Mask situation, but the whole plot revolves around uh, the. Earth's heroes finding a way to seal the portals before six days. Because after the sixth day, Shao Kahn will basically just have total access to everything. Don't question, don't ask questions. Um, and this leads our pay- and pretty much it's a race to to find out how to do that. Um, and and off we go. That's pretty much the plot. Um, and initial thoughts, those spoilers, Tyler's. <sighs> it was, I don't know about you, man. I, I like watching this movie sometimes, but it was rough watching it. Yeah, the pacing is kind of rough at points. Like, n- about 60-70% of the film's runtime is a bunch of fights. Uh, which, for a fighting game movie, um, it does make sense. But, like, it feels like that the story just takes a break way too uh, uh, often than it should, you know? Right. There is a semblance of a good story here. I mean, it's got one of the main creators of Mortal Kombat behind it, so... Yeah, exactly. And I, I think the biggest problem it has with this is, like, what... And we talked about this with the last one, was what made the first one so strong was because you had Johnny Cage, Luke Kang, and Tony Blade together. Here, 
they're kind of they're split up very easily. So you have Luke Kang go with Katana, which is fine because the romance, and then you have Sonya and Raiden. But then Raiden dishes her, so it's just Sonya and Jax afterwards. And even then, Luke Kang goes with Katana, and then she meets, and then she gets kidnapped by Scorpion, um, and then it's just Luke Kang by himself. They're 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 never together. They're very. I'll tell you, it's like maybe what the last twenty minutes. If that, are they together at all? Yeah. As much as they talk about uh, teamwork and family and shit, they're barely together in this movie. And right. I don't know about this, man. Yeah, it's just like... And, and, and like, and I think you could this could have worked if it was the same actors or maybe you could have had them stay together. Um, uh, by the way, this is on-location shooting. And you could tell at certain points where like they're actually at certain like exotic places. But like... Oh, it's just like like it doesn't help that Luke Kang is like you know the stoic character. He he's the more serious man, so he loses all of his personality that he had in the first movie. Um, and and uh, Jack Jax is entertaining, uh, and but Sonya's kind of just there. It's just it doesn't have the heart that it should automatically there, and I think that's where the movie fails the most. Yeah, like this entire focus with this many characters. Um, you're bound to lose a bit of characterization um, when you have a cast this huge. Exactly. So let's talk about the recasting because I feel like that's what we need to talk about first. And yeah, I think it's probably we should the talk biggest about... outfit in the room. Yeah, and I think we should talk about like Sandra has. I think she's fine. I don't. I don't mind her because unfortunately Sonya Blade was the. Not the weakest one of the three, but she was definitely the most underutilized in the first movie. I think. Yeah, in the first movie, she didn't have that many action scenes. Here, she's a bit more into it, and I appreciate that yeah. change at least. Yeah, I don't mind this change. Sandra Hess, I think she she went to, she went on to go like, like in Star Trek and stuff like that. Um, uh, but like, I thought she was fine. Like that's Sonya. I could believe that's Sonya. Um, but uh, James. It's it's a it's a bit of a shock to go from the Highlander to James Remar. Like it's a notice, even yeah. with the bad wig. Like he doesn't he doesn't have the same mannerisms as uh, Christopher Lambert in this movie, and that's probably the biggest off-putting change from this movie from the last one. Right, and I think it merits it because it's a much more serious situation. Because like shit. We're being invaded by Outworld. Like, that's that's pretty big, right? Um, but, like, I feel like even Christopher... I, you know, it's funny. Uh, I, Christopher Lambert was supposed to be in this movie, but he, like, he like said, I'm busy. Um, <laughs> he read the script. Like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> um, so, like, uh, I think I think if, if, if Rayan was more stoic in the first one, I think this would have been better. Like, James Remar does a couple of smarks, like, in the towards the end. But for the most part, he's very much... I, and I love his voice. God, this movie made me fall in love with James Remar as, like, a voice actor. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. He has a very, very... Like, if, if I could picture... Like, okay, that... He should have just been right in from the beginning. Because uh, I don't think he's a bad performance. It's just... It's such a it's such a different tone than what you saw in the first movie. He really is. Like, it's too noticeably different for me. Exactly. Um. So let's talk about... Uh, that, that was the only big accident because unfortunately you can't really talk about um, uh, Johnny Cage because Johnny Cage has one scene and that's it. How did you feel about that when you were a kid when you saw Johnny Cage get his neck snapped by Shao Kahn? Like, I was familiar with uh, the general plot of uh, the, the story from Mortal Kombat around that time in high school. You know, watching all those uh, clips on YouTube and stuff. So right. I was aware that Johnny Cage was going to brutally die in this movie, though I didn't think it would be that early. Right, <laughs> just just and like any other movie, if it, I think it was the same actor, even though it would be shitty for the actor to do that, I think if it was him, um, uh, I think I think it was him, um, uh, I I think it would have been much bigger. Like, oh my god, Johnny Cage just did, but like here, like it's like it's hard to. Even back then, I knew. Um, so let's talk, let's talk about the new characters, then, shall we? Um, let's talk about the main man himself, Mister Glorious himself, Shao Kahn, as played by Brian Thompson, who I believe 
Uh, he's on a number of things. Um, oh god, he was in the X Files. I think he was an American Gladiator at one point. Um, uh, he was a Knight Rider. Um, he's Buffalo uh, Bob and Joe Dirt. Was he really? Yeah, that's what it says here on his Wikipedia page. Oh my god. Okay, let's see. I'm looking. He was in Star Trek Generations. Uh, yeah, so not not a lot. I could have sworn he was a uh, an American Gladiator. Um, I know I'm Jax wrong. is. Jack, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. That's probably what I'm thinking of, yeah. So, shot, at this point, we don't really know much about Shotgun other than he's big, he's tall, he's boastful, and that's about it. I won't lie. Loki, I love his performance as Shao Kahn. I love it. Yeah, he definitely takes the part to ham it up. And like, to, to generally quote him from the movie, it is glorious. Yes, it's not Raul Julia level of acting, but it's like, he's trying to do it. Like, he knows what movie he's in, and I respect it, you know? Um, I like, just, just, uh, <laughs> like, one of my favorite lines, uh, oh god, um, is that he's talking, oh, I can't even remember now, um, um, oh, oh, when he, he captures a certain character, and he goes, you, you're already dead, and he grabs the other character, you, yeesh, Kenshiro over here, yeah, it's like, Jesus, I, like, at this point, Shao Kahn's a blank set, even now, and, like, nowadays, we have, like, more, thanks to the NetherRealm Studio Games, like, look at Shao Kahn, and like, and, and even then, he's pretty much one dimensional. I'm, I'm a conqueror. I want to conquer things. I am sexy. I have a look at this hot, look at my hot wife. Um, and like, I think he does a fine enough job because he's. I, I know people make fun of the costume. I think the costume. I like. Okay, maybe a little bit tight. I like how the costumes look cheap because they remind me of the game. Yeah, for sure. At the very least, uh, the cheap-looking uh, costumes are a nice wink to the games. Exactly. Like, um, and I, I actually think his Shao Kahn looks intimidating. Um, you know, with, like, it, it, granted, in HD, you can see the rubber, right? You can see all the fails, but I love the, the like, the, the chain at the, on, around his waist, like, the, like, the evoke samurai pants. But he he looks like an intimidating motherfucker, and that's what Shao Kahn should be. Yeah, at the very least, they got that right. Exactly. So uh, <laughs> let's talk about Shinnok, who's not really Shinnok. Yeah. Um, as played by Rainer Schoen. What? Like this is has to be like we need a. Uh, I think and midway Kai came in. It's like we need a Mortal Kombat four tie in. Again, um, John Tobias did ret- make the story for this, so and at this point, uh, he was working on Mortal Kombat Four, so it does make sense that he does want to include Shinnok in all of his shit. Right, exactly, and at this point, they're pushing Shinnok as the main villain for the next game. Uh, you want to know something funny that I learned uh, by listening to Matt Muscle's podcast that he does it? with Max and Justin Wong? Quan Shi is in this in this movie, really, and he. And they actually shot like I I looked it up. Um, Quan Chi was going to be in this movie, and there's actually photos of him from the movie. Oh my god, that would have been awesome. They 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 shot it, and uh, yeah, so yeah, this would have been the the movie debut of of Quan Chi. But his um, real movie debut was in Mortal Kombat Mythology Sub Zero. Exactly, which where he may or may not have said ninja in a racially slurring way. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, it's interesting. They really wanted to push Mortal Kombat Four, which I'm looking at. I'm looking at his uh, Quan Chi right now, and it's just oh god. I have god. seen that uh, cover art for the arcade of Mortal Kombat Four of Quan Chi just staring into your soul countless times. Yeah. So, and it would have just been a cameo. It would have been. It would have been weird. Um, um, so yeah, yeah, Quan Chi was supposed to be in there. Uh, Shinnok is just okay, kind of here in this movie, though. Yeah, he is pretty much supposed to be the dark. He even wears a fucking black robe because he looks something like Shinnok in the game. Um, we wouldn't even, we actually we didn't even know what Shinnok looked like at the at the. But no, actually, we didn't want to come at for release in '97. It would have been around the same time, wouldn't it? Like fall. Yeah, Had around that be. time. So like, who knows? Maybe they just didn't have any designers, or maybe they couldn't make it. They they couldn't get it look at practical, but. 
Um, let's go ahead and get the spoiler thing out of the way, because you've all seen this movie. They watched some white YouTuber rip it apart. The whole census around it is that Shinnok is Shao Kahn's father, and it's pretty much their master plan to basically say fuck you to the Elder Gods, even though Shinnok is like, if the Elder Gods find out, I don't know how, I mean, as we know, the Elder Gods in the games are also ambivalent as fuck. They don't give a shit, unless it impedes on them. Um... Uh, we learn that their father, but we also learn that through certain fights, that Raiden is not only the son of Shinnok, he is, that means he is the brother of Shao Kahn. Final Fantasy IV, what? So, how, I didn't ask you this. How did you feel when you remember hearing that? Because that, that, they've never done that in the movies, in the games at all. Yeah, this is probably one of the more contrived twists of the film, in all honesty. Like, it's kind of a cheap attempt to tie Shao Kahn and Raiden together. Exactly. Yeah, and they didn't need to, right? It could have just been, like, forces, like, opposing elements of light and dark. Um, although I do like the line when, um, he takes, when he's fighting Raiden, you should have killed me when you had the chance, brother. Just says all slowly and shit like that. And then Raiden has that great line, my brother died a long time ago. His heart, anyway. Implying Shao Kahn may have been a good person when he was younger. Who knows? Um, but I just thought it was weird. Yeah. Even though I'm like, wait, what? Like, what? It could have been cut from the script and nothing would have changed. Yeah, exactly. It could have just been, you know, fighting against Shao Kahn. And I don't know what the purpose was. Maybe it was to humanize Raiden? Because that was the whole point of this brain. We'll talk about his storyline in a minute. Um, uh, we'll talk about individual storylines in a minute. But, like, I just... It just felt unnecessary, and I do you do you think that was from Tobias, or do you think that was from like like the p- other people working? Like we need it, we need it, we need something spicy here. I'm pretty sure it might have been from the New Line Cinema higher ups just to spice things up a bit. I doubt that Tobias would ever make Raiden and Shao Kahn related in that way. Exactly, yeah. It's it's weird. It's because they don't do anything, and I'm glad they never like the movies. The games definitely took off in the movies. I'm glad they never made it canon that Shao Kahn and Raiden are brothers. Um, so, uh, yeah. So let's talk about individual storylines. So let's talk about Raiden again first because I like talking about him. Because I like James Remar. Um, in fact, anytime I hear a noir detective, I always hear his voice. Because he just has that good husky voice, you know? He really does. Um, he really does. So, Raiden's whole predicament in this movie, and thankfully, Ra- if you actually, if you're a Raiden stan, as the kids say nowadays, you're going to be happy with this, because Raiden has actually a lot more to do in this movie. Um, he actually fights, which I thought was the coolest part. Um, uh, Raiden's whole dilemma is that because Outworld isn't coming on, uh, he's losing his powers. And that is actually a thing in Mortal Kombat 3. He is not playable in um, any version of Mortal Kombat 3 until Trilogy, because... Uh, Outworld is here, and I have my powers cannot work. And that was actually even established in the first game, in the first movie, where it's like, I can't go to Outworld because I lose my powers. Um, so his whole thing is trying to help the Earth's defenders while they can. And um, he, how did you feel about the scene where he goes to the Elder Gods, um, and we see the, <laughs> the awful fire? Actually, I thought the wind CGI wasn't that bad. Um, the fire CGI, water CGI, elder gods, and, um, as Raiden pleads to hit, pleads his case to them. Um, this is pretty much a, um, another indication of the elder gods being completely fucking useless, which is true of the games, by the way. Uh, the weird thing is, he only gets three questions, which is kind of random, but it's whatever. Right. Yeah. I do like the water effect that's around him when he's kneeling. I always thought that still looked cool. Um, but, like, so, like, the question is, is, like, well, Raiden, what will you do for these humans? And, like, will you sacrifice... Will you sacrifice your immortality? Um, oh, no. Like, first he gets asked, um, how do you love these Do you love these humans? And he goes, more than you ever will know. And he goes, will you sacrifice your immortality? And Raiden had to think for a moment. like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> Do I, I like you, but I don't like you that much. But he actually does. Raiden sacrifices his immortality. Which, that's just the ultimate sign of, like, he's gonna die. He's gonna die. He's gonna die. Why else would you kick away the god's power, the god's immortality, if he's not gonna die? Hey, man. At least he can participate in the mortal part of the mortal combat. 
True. I mean, they never stopped him in the fuck in the games. That's for sure. For um, sure. Uh, but I, I feel like this could have been something more right where like Raiden tries to discover his humanity through if he, they would have done it sooner or something. Um, or maybe if he lost his immortality, I think it would have been better if it, if he lost his immortality as the without even going to the other gods. Like it's just it's it's a fact of like when he loses his powers, you know, he doesn't have his godhood anymore. Yeah. Versus like, like him, it makes him look like an idiot giving away the one thing that's keeping him alive. Yeah, it kind of does, and this happens uh, after a gigantic montage of uh, fight scenes from all the other characters, which kind of takes away from it even more. Exactly, it it just feels weird. And the only purpose of that that they do with that is like not for Raiden to discover any kind of humanity or humility within himself, because Raiden never really. And the thing is, it doesn't work because in the first movie, Raiden doesn't seem that disassociated from mankind. He's like, hey, I like it here. <laughs> Um, it's only this Raiden that does, and, and the only purpose they have for him to lose his immortality is to die. To keep you, to make you feel like, oh, okay, he could die, and then they actually do it. Um, it's just, I feel like it could, if it could have been thought out more, it could have been interesting, like, okay, what happens when the god becomes human, but nothing's interesting done with this movie. The idea is there, the execution just leaves a lot to be desired. Exactly. Um, so yeah, and unfortunately, I mean, I do... I do think his death is pretty painful, though. Um, where he, he gets shot, like how 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 tall is that fucking pyramid? Like at least what fifty feet from the air, probably. Um, and then like his back, I'm pretty sure his back, his like spine is just. Oh man, somebody should do. The, I'm, I'm surprised it exists. Where he lands, do the Mortal Kombat X-ray thing, where like you can see the back breaking. Oh no! Uh, do that. Um. And then cut back to him. So yeah, he dies in uh, only to give motivation to Liu Kang, which sucks because Raiden deserves more than that. That's that's the problem. It's 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 just like a waste. So let's talk about uh, the other new character, uh, Melina, um, and her story. Uh, not Melina, um, Sin- Queen Sindel. Too bad you will die. Will die. Oh, one of the most iconic movie lines in cinema history. I will not hear any debates. It's iconic. I. I think she's on the same level of of um, Brian Thompson in terms of of, of uh, yeah. She knows that she's in a cheesy movie, and she, she and she just has fun with it. You gotta it's appreciate like, that. Exactly, she's villain, villain, villain. In like, um, I I I love. I know the Amphitheater scream, but like, I feel like. Granted, they made her look sexier. They made her look. They made her look a lot sexier in this movie. Than Queen and Sindel was in the games. Sindel just like a ghost to me in those original Mortal Kombat games. Um, but I do like the idea, and this is—I think this is a story from the original games where like the portals are only open because of Shao Kahn's connection with Queen Sindel. Yeah, I so, can definitely um, tell that this is definitely uh, Vogel side of things, or not Vogel. Uh, Tobias, yeah. Tobias, there we are. Putting thinking, that in there. I'm thinking of regular uh, Netherrealm stuff. Yeah, and she doesn't get much to do, but when she's on screen, she's never having it up. But I love the double turn when she um, seemingly did knocked out by Jade, as we know that was a plot. That was a plot. Uh, that was a a, a, a trick. Um, and she um, whips right in the back with her hair. I think it's the only time you get to see her use her hair as an attack. They're more like snakes than like her actual like hair, which it was whatever it did the job. But I love the fact that she wakes up. Somehow, no magic, no chanting. I was expecting to hear Ray and go, um, um, wait, me, vibe, um, you know, but he doesn't do anything. <laughs> Katana just strokes her hand and she's like, oh, Kat- I, dude, I won't lie. I fell for it. I, as a kid, I was like, oh my god, she's cured. That's <laughs> all. Ha, too bad. The prophecy is fake. Fuck you guys. I'm going to twirl around and disappear. I love that she goes from instant, like, Katana, my daughter, I love you. Um, and then she goes back to like, ha 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 ha, like, that's great. I don't care what anybody says, that's great acting. I love it. It was awesome. She's great. She's great. Bring her back in the new Mortal Kombat movie. I don't care how she's great. Make her skin Um, in MK11. You did it for the other guys. Yeah, why not? Uh, apparently she has not, uh, she's still acting. Uh, uh, last time she worked was in 2017, it seems like that. So, um, yeah, bring her back. Why not? 
Um, yeah, not much of a story arc. Uh, although she does actually, she's one of the few. She's one of the characters she does get to have the ending where she actually, because technically, said, the whole thing about Sindel is that she's technically dead. Uh, she's a, she's a zombie in this movie, um, and I do like that. Uh, she she becomes alive at the end of it all. Yeah, though it is kind of awkward um, hanging out with Luke Kane and Katana immediately after they hook up. Yeah, it's like, well, you just tried to kill me, but that was your undead self, so we're gonna let it go. It's fine. Um, it's it's okay. So, let's talk about Liu Kang and Katana's journey, and we can talk about Katana's journey first if you want. Sure. Um, Katana's just fucking damsel in distress, and I hate that. Yeah. I hate that so much. Like, like, she has a bigger role in this, but it's only as the Princess Peach. She's only as the key to to, to to she's she's the she's the power star to to Queen Sedell's star door. That's what she is. Um, oh my god! I need to make that edit now. Um and and like it sucks and and you think because like Katana showed she had martial arts and in that first scene where she fights with smoke or fights against the ninjas while well, Lukang is fighting smoke. Oh, cool, she's got the fans! That's the last time you see her fight until she fights Sindel at the end, which we'll talk about that later. Um, I just, and then she's just in a cage, and it sucks, because Katana's one of the cooler and Mortal Kombat characters after the first one. And they just, eh, put her in a cage for most of the movie. Let her be damsel in distress. Man, the 90s are bullshit sometimes. Yeah, it, <laughs> I know things aren't better now, but at least at least Katana's like she's the fucking outworld of of, of the con of outworld now, which is really great. Yeah, cry, bitches! Her. All all you sexist motherfuckers, cry. Um, so not much with Katana, but let's talk about our main boy Liu Kang, who obviously he's the he's the main character. I I don't know what they wanted to do with him, man. I really don't know. Like. <sighs> His characterization in this is a bit more stilted than in the first movie. Um, Though it did kind of wane in the second half of the first one. But throughout this one, it just seems like that he's just going through the motions, honestly. Yeah. um, Very much, I'm the hero character. Uh, I thought the Nightwolf stuff could have been interesting. We didn't really talk about Nightwolf. I guess we can talk about Nightwolf here. Um, I thought the Nightwolf stuff was interesting. Right where he's like, you need to tr- you need to become better to to defeat Shao Kahn. You're gonna take three tests, which obviously that was cut. They they had to cut it for something, and then they put the Jade thing in there. But like, Liu Kang just kind of feels like he's stumbling towards the end, and like he doesn't really have a purpose to do it other than Shao Kahn bad. Me take down Shao Kahn. <laughs> me push buttons. Me win. Exactly. Versus in the first movie. He had the motivation to fight Shang Tsung because Shang Tsung killed his brother. And in this one, it's like, okay, we have to just save the world. It's it's just, like, it's, there's no personal stakes for him. Yeah, there really isn't, and it is kind of a bummer. And the only, and the only stakes he gets is at the end when Raiden gets killed in front of him. Because, like, that's, his, that's like his father figure, man. That's his father figure. Um, maybe Raiden should, maybe Raiden should have been the one to die at the beginning and not, not Johnny Cage. Um... Uh, but like, I, and the other, like, how did you feel about the whole animality shit with Nightwolf? Uh, I feel like that it could have been cut because it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. They just had to put in the animality stuff because that was a thing in Mortal Kombat 3, even though it is stupid and dumb. Right. Um, but I like the idea of, like, Nightwolf kind of becoming his teacher and I won't lie, again, the guy who plays Nightwolf is Native American, which kudos to the casting team for casting um, uh, for casting him um, and uh, um, and stuff like that. And actually, his costume looked like just like from the game. Like, great, great costume. But he's I like imagine just... for most of the bu- uh, budget went into this guy's costume. Probably, like his, his makeup. Dude, he literally looked like he stepped out of the video game. Um, it's crazy. And he, like, it's like, that's Nightwolf. Um, but like, ah, oh, he just disappears. It's just, un, it's just no reason. He's just Same gone. thing happens the, to the new Sub-Zero earlier in the movie, too. Right. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm gonna help you now, but then I'm gonna disappear like Batman. Like, what? And, and like, you can tell they probably didn't have the budget to, um, keep all the characters on, or they didn't, they, they just like, eh, fuck it, whatever. But, 
Ah, uh, it's it's just weird. Um, but yeah, I don't. I feel like Luke King's motivation to be the main hero is just gone. If anything, it should have been Sonya Blade because she has the most personal reasons to kill Shao Kahn because she killed her boyfriend right in front of him. Yeah, for sure. Um. So yeah, not. I mean, like, okay. I won't lie. Even as a kid, the Jade stuff was really weird. It, it was is. like really, 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 really weird. Like out of nowhere, here comes this beautiful woman. Like she's very, very beautiful. Um, and like I won't lie. Is it's like I remember as like when I got older when I watched it. I'm like, is this, is this okay? Uh, Am I watching and, a and then, film you know, right now? Yeah, is this, is this okay? And then, you know, obviously... I Also, I think her costume looks great with the green and the black. It looks really, really good. Um, but Jade... It was cool to see Jade. Jade was a fan favorite. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Let's talk about Sonya and Jax, then. Because Luke King, I feel like, just didn't get anything. Um, uh, I feel like if the family thing was going to be anything, it was going to run these two. Because they're constantly arguing like brother and sister. For sure. Um... I feel like their dynamic is probably the strongest out of any of the main cast. For sure. Cause the, the, and I actually think they, they... I actually agree with you on that. Because uh, their whole thing is, is like Jack, Jackson's trust issues. Sonya Blade is stubborn about being rescued. So they both have these like problems with themselves that they, won't, well, they, won't, they don't want to admit. But they can find in each other about it. But the problem is it's in this movie and it's not thought out too well at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, there's not much, and the, and the resolution doesn't even come till the very end. Um, okay, uh, any other characters that we missed? Um, aside from, uh, all the one-note villains that are just there to fight, we pretty much covered yeah. all the main ones. Yeah, um, one quick word about Mentaro, I thought he looked really great, like the makeup, hair and makeup looked really good. Or the, I don't know what Mentaro was, I think he was, was he CGI? Uh, I think he was supposed to be another claymation model, just like, uh, Kintaro and Goro before him. No, I mean in the movie. I'm sorry, in the movie. No, that's definitely um, CG. Okay, yeah. Well, I thought the guy, like, whenever they do close-up shots, was, I thought was really great. Um, um, like, he just, like, yeah, that's, that's Mataro. Um, although now he's more like, like, they, he, like, he, I think his face is too, I think his face is too humanoid, but whatever. Um, let's see. Let's talk about the fights, because there's a lot of them. There's um, a we'll lot talk about... of fucking fights in this movie. Let's let's talk about a lot of them. Let's talk about the first one, which I, be- I believe... We already talked about the, jo- the Raiden and Shao Kahn fight, which is kind of a disappointing fight, because most of it is just Raiden. Raiden actually does an uppercut, and he does this flying Superman move. Uh, which is they even put cool. in the sound effect. Yeah. yeah, the editing is really awful, though, in that whole... Se- it's, like, it's like, wait, who's jumping where? What's going on? Um... But kudos that Raiden knows how to do it down too, so that that's cool to know. Um, uh, Smoke versus Luke King, I love this fight. I love this fight; it's so good. Yeah, this is one of the more competent fights in the film. I think it's because the the actor who played Smoke is like an actual like um, uh, stuntman. So, and of course, Robin Shu knows how to fight. Um, I like how visceral it was. Um, uh, I don't know, like, I, I, I like the little... I like that they made the robots sound like they're from the games. Yeah. Like, that's, if that's anything, good... if anything, they have nice, cute little homages to the games in, in the movie, for sure. Yeah. And great costumes! They have the best costumes in... The, the robots and the ninjas have the best costumes in the games. For in sure. The, in the movie. Um, like, like, accurate... I always love the diamond for the ninjas... Um, on, on theirs because it, it separates it from the first game, from the first one. Um, so I thought that was I thought that was really good. It's short, but I actually thought the fact that it actually ended in a fatality with uh, uh, smoke getting blown up by his own bomb was actually pretty cool. Um, very very cool fight. Doesn't like it would have been cool to like him do a little bit more smoke techniques outside of just showing up behind uh, Luke Kane at one time. But you know, it gets the job done. Can't exactly blow up the earth with his uh, self-destruct fatality. No, no. Um, then we have Sub Zero. We actually get Sub Zero versus Scorpion randomly. Uh, I really like this fight. How should yeah. this fight? How short it is. This fight is cool, even though there's literally no explanation for why Scorpion is there in the first place. 
Uh, other than assume that he was resurrected by, uh, this is probably part of the cut content. It's like I said, Quan Chi was to be in the movie. Like he was resurrected by Quan Chi. He was resurrected, probably resurrected by Shinnok and enlisted in his service. That's the only reason I can think of as to why he ca- he, he works for them. That um, makes sense. Uh, very very cool fight. Um, I love that we get to see the the ice bridge, even though it looks awful when it it's looks not. completely fake. It looks so bad, but. Um, my favorite is when they're like, um, it's a little shop, but like you occasionally see Sub Zero and Scorpion's foot. They'll 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 slide off the bridge, and you can see like they're right above lava. I always like that idea. Um, there's one point where like this, they do this cool um, flip maneuver, uh, which I love that spot. Um, I can't. I'm trying to look for it now, but yeah, there's a lot um, of flippy dippy shit in this movie. Get used to that. Yeah, it was it was really good, um, and and it, I think it's good fan service that we finally got to see Scorpion versus Sub Zero, um, uh, but you know, and it, it's only so short. And also, Scorpion yells, yells "sucker" for some reason. Suckers, sucker, and I <laughs> I wonder if Ed Boon's been asked about asked about that before, but um, but uh, overall, solid fight. Um, and nice continuity to the fact that they actually said it's the brother of Sub-Zero. This is Bihan. No, Kwai Lang. This is Kwai Liang, not, not Bihan. Um, Bihan's actually in this movie, which we'll talk about at the final, final bio. Um, after that, we have, uh, Sonya and Jax versus Cyrax and a bunch of ninjas. Dude, I love this fight just as much as, I think I like this fight more than the Scorpion, uh, than, than the first two, though. Yeah, it's def. it's really entertaining. Um, I, I love how uh, Jax is completely overmatched by Scorpion. I like that... Not Scorpion. Uh, Cyrax. I like that Cyrax gets his Terminator-ass entrance um, before blowing everything all to hell. Yeah, he, it definitely sells the cool factor. Even if Sector isn't in the movie. Probably, probably didn't yeah. have the budget for it. Or they didn't have... like they, If you are like, oh, we already have Ermac, so why have a red ninja and a red... Robot. It would have probably the people. They probably thought people would get confused. One That's day, Ermac will be in. One day, Ermac will be in the movies, uh, or not Ermac. Uh, Sector. Um, well, we got a little cool stuff. Uh, Sonya does most of the cool stuff in the fight, though. Um, her and Cyrax. Cyrax actually does his net move, which I thought was. I, it, I won't lie. Even back in '97, it looked pretty bad. Yeah, it doesn't look great. And it's more of like instead of like in the games where it just captures them, it, it literally like dissolves uh, a a person's skin. And you see this awful CGI back of bones. Oh, it looked awful. It looks bad, but it's funny. It is. It is hilarious. Um, uh, it's it's really good fight. Even um, Cyrus is like a, a a Power Rangers like esque flip as Jax throws a chair at him. Um, then we get one of the most awful one-liners in this movie, um, where Jax punches his, punches through the wall, and he says, nice look, but you could, lo- you could lose the wall. I'm like, great. Okay, here we are. Um, yeah, decent, very, very fun fight, especially with the music. Very, very fun fight. My favorite part of this um, fight is the end when the base inexplicably explodes, and they just jump away from the building in like a second. Oh, it's so awful. And then the CGI is just... Awful. As, as you can tell, they're like on a on like on a on a blue screen set, and they just jumped. <laughs> oh boy. Um, okay. So after that, I believe what's next? Um, I guess it would be the Jade and Liu Kang fight, right? Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, before yeah, that, a- it uh, Liu Kang gets attacked by the cameraman, and it turns out it's just a CGI Nightwolf. Yeah, which, yeah, not much, but it's still cool, though. Um, like, and the Cameron's gonna attack you today, Robin. What? <laughs> um, uh, I thought the Jade fight was pretty cool, because it showed that, like, that Liu Kang is, um, not ready for... I Honestly, I think he's like, dude, I got a boner. Like, how am I supposed to fight in this? That's what I kept thinking. It's like... Listen, man, woman... if you're not fighting with a full erection, you're not doing it right. Take that out of context. Um, <laughs> um... You're not fighting with a full erection. You're not fighting properly. <laughs> um, it's not much of a fight, but it is a, like Jade does some cool stuff with her spear. She doesn't do any of her moves at all from the games. 
Yeah, it is kind of disappointing, but with but, the, with the cut content that you mentioned, it does make sense. Yeah, and I think I think her her moves would be a little bit harder to translate uh, to live action because like she reflects projectiles and stuff like that. Um, so um, let's see what else. Uh, after that, after I that believe... is the fan service fight. Oh yeah, so Jackson Jackson Sonya have an argument and. I, uh, Sonya finds this big-ass statue, um, and she, before she could do anything, fucking Melina comes out of, no, literally out of nowhere, uh, at, I'm gonna say this is the worst costume in the, in the movie so far, um, it just doesn't look that good. Um, it really doesn't. N- nice nod, though. The thing is, like, okay, so in the games, we know that Melina is a, is the half- Tar clone, Tar cotton, Tar clone of Katana, fucking Shinsung in his flesh pits, um, and uh, and so nice not to the game where Sonya says Katana, is that you? And she goes, you wish, but like she looks nothing like Talisa Soto, she looks nothing like her. Well, I mean, she does have a mask on. It's probably true, nice. I guess. I guess, but it's like, why are you wearing pink now? It's weird. So. The, and the reason why Ty causes the fan service site is because it's all in mud. Yep. It's it's all... Like, like Melina, it doesn't start that way, and Melina actually uses her size to fight, which is actually pretty cool. Um, but she's she's literally fighting in mud. There, it becomes a mud wrestling match at the end. They're literally sliding all over the place. Um, I think at one point, like, Sonya gets, like, backdropped onto, like, this rock piece. Either that or her Melina. I can't remember which one. But that looked painful. It's not much of a fight, unfortunately. Yeah, it's just there to please the male audience that might have gotten bored at this point. But yeah. my favorite part of this entire scene is what happens at the end, when the statue inexplicably comes to life into an awful-looking CGI monstrosity, oh. and Jax proceeds to punch it in the asshole until it dies. Yeah, so I had a theory that this was Johnny Cage like reincarnated by Shao Kahn to fuck with Sonya. Since it looks like it looked like the statue that his corpse was on, um, that's what I always thought of it. I thought it was as a kid. It's not. It's just like, hey, we 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 have. Let's see. We need to put, let's put something here. But you know, it is what it is. Um, after that, I believe it's the Luke Kane Baraka fight. Correct. Um, or am I missing one? Uh. In terms of fights, yeah, that's when they uh, get to our world and inexplicably escape from uh, Sindel's screaming tantrums. Oh, so good. So good. Um, that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. So, yeah, we get um, Liu Kang versus Baraka. Oh, boy. This fucking costume. Holy shit. It's so awful. The game looked better. This is the first instance we can say that the game looked better than the movie. And that's sad. It is real. It's just all flabby. You can tell it's like it looks like a a spirit Halloween um, costume. It looks like a cheap Spencer's costume. That's what it is. You know what? You're not wrong. You are not wrong, my good sir. It's it's just and the blades look hella stupid. There was one point where like a Baraka like rolls down on like like on chains for some reason. Um, and this is where I learned that Baraka was not just one person, but like a, a race of people. Um. Uh, but not a good fight because you can't really see anything, and most of it is just uh, Luke Kang trying to dodge around the fact that there's um, uh, blades. That's about it, pretty much. Uh, after that, we have I think it's a really cool fight, but it's kind of hard to see. Is is uh, Raiden versus the uh, the the chameleons? Oh, those are supposed to be chameleons. Okay. Yeah, at least I'll, I don't know if their credit is, but like I always assumed they were chameleons because you can't really. Did you think, or did you think they were reptiles? Uh, they're probably more reptiles because I don't think chameleon was established until trilogy, which came out in '98. Oh, maybe you're right. Yeah, it probably is reptile because I think it's because I took it as uh, um, uh, uh, chameleon because. Uh, it, their outfits didn't look green; they looked black. Okay, but who knows? Either way, they both—they both animals who can fucking turn invisible. I like this fight because Raiden gets to do an uppercut again. Yep, down to you all day. 
Even though it's a fucking sage transition. It was great. It was fucking so this great. This is where they got it from. Yeah, exactly. Um, I thought it was a pretty cool fight. Like, you, And there's a one point where, like, it's clearly not James Remar, but, like, Raiden just starts breakdancing in the middle of the fight. They all just um, fucking do ballet dances at one point. Yeah, it's just like, this is... I, as a kid, I still think it's kind of cool because, like, you have to have some kind of athleticism. But it's like that moment in Revenge of the Sith when Obi-Wan and, and Anakin are, like, doing the Star Wars. I'm like, okay, guys, <laughs> hit, hit, please. And now I'm going to... Uh, uh, yeah, I thought it was... Uh, I think as a kid, I uh, I like this fight a lot more. Um, <laughs> I'm going to fuck with Tyler. <laughs> um... I so, love that gif. Yeah, it's so good. Um, I'm talking about the Obi-Wan and Anakin just constantly swinging their lightsabers but never clashing. It's just going to drive you insane. Decent fight, especially for three-on-one, um, even though it's probably like, the, the same actor. Um, very cool, like, flips and martial arts stuff. Yeah. Um, now we have the final battle, which we can... And, and it's and I, I won't lie, I'm a sucker for this because it actually feels like an arcade, like an almost the, like the arcade ladder in a bit. Yeah, uh, it does kind of look like that. So you have Shao Kahn at the top, and underneath him are his generals, Motaro, Sindel, and Ermac. Uh, who has... It's not the Ermac you would come to know later on. He had to take Shiva's um, place because she got trapped in a cage like an idiot. Exactly. Um, oh yeah, Shiva got squished. The date's over, squish. Um, so, naturally, there's... One, two, three, four villains. There's one, two, three, four heroes. Perfect. So, um, Jax faces off Montaro. Obviously, Sindel faces off Katana. And Ermac faces off with Sonya because, hey, as Sonya says, what does she say, Tyler? Leftovers. No, wait, that's Casey Jones. Yeah. Leftovers are fine with me. <laughs> just like, um, I think even Sonya like, uh, is I've... okay with sloppy seconds. Just ask Johnny yeah. Cage. I like that Jax calls Montaro Mr. Ed. If you don't know who Mr. Ed is, go look it up. Um, <laughs> so let's break these down by shittiest to best. So I guess we'll talk about the Luke Kang Shao Kahn fight last. Um, I said Sh- Shao Kahn Luke Kang, but bad. I hate the Sindel Katana fight. I hate yeah. it so much. It's nothing. It's just an exposition fight. That's what it is. Yeah, exactly. And it's pretty much um, Sindel slapping her daughter around for like five minutes. And like you could tell that neither... I, not necessarily... Because obviously we saw the Katana could fight from the first movie. But maybe the actress for um, Sindel didn't have enough training to like get something done. Or they were rushing on shooting. But it's nothing. Um, which sucks because like, that should be the second most important fight of the entire thing. Yeah, it is kind of a disappointing confrontation, all things considered. Uh, then I guess we should go to Ermac and Sonya, which certainly becomes Ermac and Noob Cybot? Yeah, what was the deal with that? I don't know. Like, I was like, it was like, oh my god, that's Noob Cybot, because it's just the Black Ninja, because why wouldn't it be? <laughs> um... Unfortunately, just like the katana Sindel fight, it's a lot of nothing, and most of the fight... Is literally just Sonya getting smacked upside the head, back and forth, ping pong style by Ermac and Noob Saibot. So lame. It was just like, it's just odd. Now, here's why I changed my attitude a little bit. I love the Jackson Motaro fight. Oh yeah, it's definitely a bit more personal, and we actually do get uh, Jax's character growth in this fight. Yeah, so Jax actually you get to see Jax his uh, his ground pound. Which is actually pretty cool, um, uh, and you actually can see like how like the like him fighting against Potaro is is actually pretty cool, um, uh, and I and you're right because like there's a moment where um, um, I think Potaro rips off because I don't I don't think any of us knew I thought like like if there were his actual arms but the, in this one they're just like like basically like cheap tin foil I guess they are. Uh, and so, like, they were just giving him strength. So, Motaro just rips one of them off, and he, like, brings up to his, without your weapons, you're no match for Motaro. Bitch slaps him with his own arm. That's, that's awful. Um, but, uh, and this is where, like, Jax's whole thing is, like, he doesn't trust himself. He, he doesn't trust his own strength. 
And Jax takes off the other arm and proceeds to whoop Montaro's ass. It was so great. Yeah, he went from Mortal Kombat 3, Jax, to Mortal Kombat 2, Jax. Yeah, the more OP version. Um, and, like, I liked how he got in. He got body shots. He does, like, a fucking spin kick at one point. It was great. It was fantastic. Yeah, um, for sure. even, I'll, and I love how Motaro faints like he does in the game. So, nice little, uh, nice little nod there. Um, to which Jax then goes over to help Sonya as... As Jax just one punches Noob Saiba out of existence, because you never see him again, um, and Sonya breaks uh, Cyrax's neck or um, Ermac's neck. Uh, At least he got a good view before he died. Yeah, that's true. So let's talk about Liu Kang versus Shao Kahn. Um, there's three stages. So we got the first stage, which is on the steps. I think this first part is okay. It's alright, yeah. Um, I like how brutal it is. I think, like, shot, like, Luke Kang. Like, you could tell, like, even though, like, Luke Kang is pissed from Raiden's death, he's still getting overpowered by Shao Kahn. And, like, they, 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 they play up that aspect of it all. Um, yeah, it definitely plays up the overpowered nature of Shao Kahn. True. I think even, like, um, Luke Kang, like, gets, like, dropped on his stomach on those, ro- on those like, rock steps. Like, ugh, that can't be good. I was, it always looked very painful when they took bumps on that. Then it gets really fucking weird. Um, uh, so, uh, shout, Liu Kang transformed into a dragon. And he transforms into a shitty European dragon. Not even a cool Chinese dragon like in the games. He transforms into a very, very, very crappy looking dragon. Yeah, and it doesn't then, look good. And then... Shao then Shao Kahn, Kahn turns into a shitty-looking, Orochi-looking monstrosity. And you cannot tell... I, I can't tell what's happening in this fight at all. Even even now, when I watched it, I could not tell you what happened in the fight. It's, all I can say it's, is, it's a mass of polygons rubbing against each other, and it is hilariously awful. It is awful. And and just, every time I want, I want people our generation to say, Man, this CGI in the movie sucked. Do you remember what we had to watch? Do you remember what we saw? Be great motherfuckers have it easy nowadays. Exactly. It's so much better. So, they both get, like... I think Liu Kang drags Shao Kahn, like, off of it. And they go fucking falling, like, several floors below. And, like, they're on their backs. I'm like, ow, that had to hurt. And this is where the Elder Gods finally, at, like, the eve of, of Annihilation, they finally arrive. And... They're like, the fate of the universe will be decided as it should be. In Mortal Kombat. I love that that, I'm like, I, I love that that dude came with the baritone. He came to play. Um, and, man, I wish this last part was longer. I really wish yeah, right. it was longer. It's so good. Because, um, like, Luke Kane starts getting his, his, his momentum in. But I do love that Shao Kahn just quickly grabs him out of it and just chucks him into a pillar and just beats the shit out of Liu Kang. Yeah, literally kicks the shit out of him. Oh, it's so good. Unfortunately, it doesn't stop Liu Kang. Liu Kang just like has the power of of, of, of vengeance in his face and proceeds to uh uh oh what he does like a a flash kick kind of right or like um he does a simple flick kick and that's what defeats Shao Kahn. Yeah, that's, that's enough. No no cool special move, no bicycle kick, no nothing. Doesn't even Just, drop the arcade machine on him. No, that would have been nice. Um, decent. A fight that could have been a lot better, honestly. For sure. It, you it could have seen a lot better. So I think what we learned is by watching both these movies now is that quali- quantity does not mean... Quality is better than quantity any day. For sure. Like, if you have a whole bunch of characters from a fighting game, you know, that's whatever, but it's no replacement for a good story or characterization. Exactly, and that's where the that's why the first movie reigns supreme. And granted, I think this movie did a better job of at least having the characters fight, you know? Like, at least we could give the credit to that. Like, unlike Street Fighter, where it had all those characters and they didn't do any fighting, and you never saw any cool fighting, this is actually... The fighting that's here is actually at least somewhat fun to look at, you know? Um, so that, that's always fun. Uh, but, um, 
Oh God, I this movie is hot. You have to be in a certain mindset to want to watch this movie. Is what I'll say for sure. Um, anything else that we missed, buddy? I believe we covered everything. All right, so that was a long episode, but I think I think it's just because there was a lot to cover here. Um, it isn't too bad. Uh, I have no idea what's next, Tyler. What are we watching next week? So next week, we will be breaking away from the 90s because video game adaptations would lay dormant for quite a while until the mid-2000s where we get the live-action adaptation of Teen Ninja's Dead or Alive. Next Dead or Alive we'll be... is next? Yep, Dead or Alive is next. Wow, okay. <laughs> You'll be surprised oh. who shows up in that one. Oh, I know who. I know Kevin Nash is in it. Oh, I know. Um, uh, I've seen. I saw this movie like, on cable like years ago. Um, I'm excited. I heard because I know this is one of the good ones. Uh, but go ahead and plug yourself while we go get out of here, buddy. You can follow me on Twitter at HitsatTie. Check the pinned tweet to take you to my YouTube channel, home of Tire Shoes Reviews, where I review old ass fighting games for your pleasure. I also stream on Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. Standard Time on Twitch.tv/TireShoes1 where I uh, play ranked and unranked Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel matches. So check that out when you got the time. Uh, and you can follow me at twitter.com slash MarvelousIggy. And, of course, you can check me out live four times a week at twitch.tv slash Iggy2814. We just started Control on Sunday, so that's going to be good. It's going to be a hell of a fun time. Uh, and, of course, we're playing Bug Snacks. Uh, and then we're playing Monster Hunter with, Ta- with uh, Thomas on Sunday. And, of course, Wednesday, we're nearing the end of our journey for Final Fantasy VI. Uh, thank you all for listening, everybody, for this uh, seemingly longer I think it's our episode uh, we've done lately. But next week, we go into new territory with Dead or Alive. Uh, until next time, guys, Mortal Kombat! Fatality. It's official. You suck. Thank you for watching at Cinema Shot Theater.